Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What happens when a West Point cadet can't stop racking up demerits? He's a wrestler. He's a peanut butter salesman. But in his heart of hearts, he knew that he was meant to be a stand-up comedian. Joining us on today's oddcast is the one and only Greg Warren. We always have an odd one in the crowd. So it's kind of odd. Decidedly odd. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? No, it doesn't strike me as a little bit odd. It's the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. The stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Now... Here's the Oddcast. Pringles is a great product. We introduced it in 1968. It came out strong. And then the government got involved. <laughs> they said, hey, you're not made of 100% potatoes. You're made up of corn and soy and wheat and potatoes. You can't call yourself potato chips. You have to call yourself potato crisps. And people are like, yeah, we still like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> government was like, you know, they're not made of 100% potatoes. And people were like, yeah, we kind of figured that when they were uniformly stacked on top of each other in the perfect shape of a horse saddle. You know those gummy orange slice candies? Not real oranges. We figured that out. Pringles are great for a couple of reasons. Number one, we protect our product. You ever go on a picnic with a bag of chips? One banana rubs up against it, you got potato dust. At Pringles, we built a cardboard fortress around our chips. (laughs) Number two, efficient use of space. I'll say it again. Efficient use of space. You ever open a can of Pringles? Wall to wall, Floor to ceiling, chip, 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 chip. <laughs> Lays air. You just bought air. <laughs> that is an excerpt from The Salesman, Greg Warren's brand new comedy special, which is streaming for free right now on YouTube. And Greg joins us on the podcast. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. It's really good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Let me ask you, what's the inspiration for focusing on The Salesman? Did you... Uh, have that as a career for a while? Your father? What was it? I sold uh, Pringles, Jif Peanut Butter, Duncan Hines, Crisco, uh, and other brands for Procter & Gamble for 10 years, Bob. Really? Prior to getting into stand-up? Prior to getting into stand-up. There's a little bit of an overlap. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I would say probably the the product that I was most passionate about was was Jif Peanut Butter. It's uh, Well, 
Greg, as a choosy mother myself, let me thank you for your service. You know what, Sherry, I could hear that in your voice when when you first talked to me. I said, there's a choosy mom. And, you know, I'm a choosy mother. I know you are. And, 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 you know, that's choosy mothers choose Jif. And and not all mothers. Okay. Right. Let's say, you know, one of your listener moms out there, you, you know, like drinks in the afternoon and goes to the casino and forgets to pick up her child from school. If that's the case, by all means, buy Peter Pan. That's a better product for you. <laughs> you know, Peter Pan, their mascot is a boy who refused to grow up. Maybe he couldn't grow up because he was malnourished because he was eating that garbage peanut butter named after a cartoon character, guys. Thank you. So you enjoyed your time as a salesman, I guess it sounds like. I was very passionate about it, Bob. I was I was loyal. Uh, uh, You know, I I I mean, I work for Procter and Gamble. I want to be clear. They divested most of those or all those food beverage brands. What's I I sold? They don't they don't own Jif anymore. Do do you know who uh, owns Jif? No. Smuckers, Bob. Do they really? Oh my Sm- god! Smuckers owns fraud. peanut butter and jelly. Uh, Dude, that feels like racketeering. I'm just going to say it. It does, share. I mean, it if does. these guys ever get a hold of bread, I mean, now <laughs> the government will step in, in there. That's that's Sherman antitrust from what I remember from social studies. Like, you, you can't own a whole sandwich, I don't think. I mean, that's, you know. Greg, now, you, you must have been on fire to be a stand-up comedian because my bestie's ex-husband works for Procter & Gamble. And that's a real good job. You must have been burning up to take that stage. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, uh, Sherry, I would be retired right now with a very comfortable <laughs> retirement, and uh, and I'm 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 going to be telling jokes till I drop. I can assure Thanks you. Thanks for that. bringing that up, Sherry. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> let's no, let's I, pause I, I here. Hang on, hang on. Let's pause here, and we'll come right back with more okay. Greg Warren for all you choosy mothers. Comedian Greg Warren is with us right now. He has a new stand-up comedy special, The Salesman, streaming for free on YouTube. What was, uh, I I know your father uh, commented on your uh, sales career before we get back to uh, showbiz. What was it your father said to you when you were selling for uh, Jif and and Pringles and so on? Well, uh, he he said, Bobby said, uh, you're not really in sales. And I... I said, yes, I am. I can show you the business card. He goes, well, I've been going to the grocery store for 50 years and they've always had Jif peanut butter. What, you know, what do they need you for? What, what, what was your sales pitch? You guys want to carry Jif? We already do. Pleasure doing business with you. That's not sales, son. Okay. Tough man. Your father was a tough man, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he was a, he was a wrestling coach. Uh, He was my high school wrestling coach. Oh, Um, Yeah, he still watches tapes of me wrestling in high school and critiques them. Um, (laughs) I'm 54, guys. You know, like, (laughs) what were you doing in this match? You're just laying there like a dead animal. What was wrong with you? I don't remember, Dad. I quit wrestling 33 years ago. You quit wrestling in the middle of this match. That's when you quit wrestling. (laughs) You know what's up? What's kind of funny, Greg, is that you are so you are so successful as a comedian, but from where your dad sits, he's like, the boy can't stick to anything. Quit wrestling. <laughs> quit, quit, quit going, you know, with the whole West Point thing. Now he's not even selling peanut butter. Like, have, yeah, you, have you been talking to him? 
Seriously, no, I know it because parents cannot get out of that headspace, no matter how successful, if they don't understand the career that you ultimately chose. Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually been very supportive of the comedy career in the the last. He was not all that supportive of the first couple of years. He, he supported me, but he, 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 I could tell he thought it was a dumb idea. Yeah. You, but I'm reading here. Tell me if this is correct. You were a, a student at West Point. Yes. Um, I, I want to be uh, clear wow. about that. I, I went for one year, my plebe year. Um, uh-huh. You're supposed to go for four. Uh, That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I was what they called in the <laughs> army, a quitter. You know, I got, <laughs> you picked I, uh, that the toughest year. You picked, I did, you picked I, the toughest Thank you for year. saying that. I did make it yeah. through the toughest year. I made it through the whole year. And then I really just sort of realized, I think I made the United States a lot safer place by quitting the military. I really do. And then, and then you let, you left West Point and then went on yep. to uh, con- complete, I guess, your education at university of uh, Missouri. Is that right? U- university of Missouri. Um, right. And I, uh, I was on the wrestling team. At, I wrestled in college. Um, yeah. I, I was pretty good, Bob. I, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to ask you flat out. Cause I have a friend of mine who was a graduate of West Point. And he yeah. was the most successful person in business that I've ever known. I mean, he yeah. was, became a CEO. What did you just say? I've had enough of uniforms, short hair, being bossed around. I, it's not me. Is that because that's a hell of a thing to get into West Point. You have to have a senator or somebody uh, back you. And uh, there are very few people that are admitted. And yet you were and you bailed. Yeah, man. Uh, I told you that. I quit. Okay, I get it. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you hit something here. I admitted it. No, I. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. I got recruited to go there for wrestling, and I think yeah. I got a little wrapped up in sort of how impressed everybody was by that. And I, I went, and my dad and I sort of made a promise that I would stick it out for the first year. But yeah, I didn't want to be yelled at anymore. I didn't want to, yeah. I wanted to do sort of normal college stuff. And, um, right. right. And yeah. And I, I knew I didn't yeah. want a career in the military. When you're 18, it feels like the rest, it was like, I would go there for five years. Then I would owe them five years. 10 years right. feels like, well, I'll, I'll be dead after 12 years, you know, when you're that age. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's but right. man, they yeah. would yell at you. There's a lot of memorization. I re- we, you'd stand in formation like th- four times a day, and they would just come around and ask you stuff and yeah. that you had to know. And, and it was in right. certain formats. It'd be like, Warren, give me the news. Sir, today in the New York Times, it was reported that Ronald Reagan, Ronald Warren, are you on a first name basis with the commander in chief, Warren? Huh? Is oh. Ronnie your buddy, Warren? Huh? Oh, and then, wow. And then we had to do this thing called the days. It was like you had to memorize all these different day warren give me the days sir the days there are 320 days until graduation there are 163 days until ring weekend there are 52 days until army beats navy at veterans memorial stadium in pittsburgh pennsylvania pittsburgh warren pittsburgh did they move veterans memorial stadium from philadelphia to pittsburgh warren who authorized that was it your buddy ronnie warren is that who did that (laughs) wow I, I'd no still idea. do a version of that though. I, I have this, uh, mm-hmm. this kid comes over to my house every morning and I, you know, I'm like, Josh, give me the days, sir. The days there are 11 days until the Chipotle coupon on your kitchen table expires. <laughs> you forget the rest, Josh. No, sir. That's, that's the only thing going in your life, sir. That's the only thing going on in your life. 
Wow. So tell us about when uh, I'm always just fascinated with uh, stand-up comedians when they're starting out because you have to be so good and so confident and almost um, a hero in show business to do stand-up because there are people out there that are drinking and, you know, one of them might have a wise mouth. How did you get the courage the first time to get up on a stage and where was it? Man, that's a great question. I, I think, well, the first time I ever got on stage was in college. Um, mm-hmm. And this, I was a, I didn't have an outlet back then, Bob. So I, I was annoying. I was loud. I was always just, I was mm-hmm. annoying. And one of the guys on the wrestling team worked at a comedy club in the summer and he signed me up for some contest they had. And that's the first time I ever got on stage. And, um, you know, are I, you scared? I did you it. scared to death or, or what was... Can you remember that? Definitely scared, but not, I think maybe the wrestling had prepared me for that thing to get over fear, you know, or just, yeah, sure. To, to, you know, like, okay, this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but let's just do it. And I I think I got that from my father. He's, he's that way. And, you know, wrestling does help you be like, all right, this is going to be maybe tough or unpleasant, but let's just do it. So yeah, I, I, um, I probably had a little bit too much intensity for the first several years of my comedy career. Cause I, I think I had it in my head that it was a wrestling match and that's, that's not very uh, becoming as a comedian. So you would Did just you? throw yourself onto the stage. Kind of like, like uh, that, a, Sherry. Yeah. I think I like, a, yeah, I was one, one of my friends, Kenny Smith was like, Hey man, you know, when you're doing your jokes, you're in a wrestling stance. I'm like, Oh no. This is not <laughs> like, partially crouched, <laughs> ready to pin, yes, yes. Really? pin a heckler down. Really? Yes. <laughs> but, but don't you think that all of that, like that the wrestling and even the drills and stuff that you had to do at West Point, don't you think that all of that kind of added up to give you that little bit more confidence those first handful of times on stage? Because you did have some experience, you know, with being a spectacle, right? Yes, I think you're totally right. I mean, I, you know, I wrestled at a pretty high level. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, you have a lot of eyes on you and it's all on you. So, yeah, there is some of that. Um, more importantly, I think it's the, uh, the, the sort of like how do you bounce back from humiliation? Like yeah. Be, yeah. most comics yeah. are just not good for the first five or six years. You're just not, I mean, it's not a natural thing to do. So you sort of have to be like, okay, I can see a little positive here. And I mean, when I, mm-hmm. like I was saying, I, I was good at wrestling, but it didn't, especially in college, it started pretty uh, rough. My, um, my freshman year, we had to wrestle this team called Northern Iowa and they were like three or four in the country. And I just had a bad match. I, I could not, in the third period, I just couldn't move. I was laying on the bottom and this guy was beating up on me and I, and the ref started making fun of me. The referee guys, the referee, I swear he goes, he, he pounded the mat and he goes, are you okay down there, son? (laughs) And the crowd starts laughing like it's a comedy club. And my coach never let me forget that. If I had one bad practice, Warren, that reminds me of when you laid down at Northern Iowa. Warren, you laid down at Northern. Even if I had a good practice, Warren, you got after it. You got after it. Good job today. Bunner, you were pathetic. You remind me of when Warren laid down at Northern <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> like he so said, that, he always, so that ref, that ref was your first heckler. 
Yeah, he was. Well, I mean, actually, he was the comedian that night, Bob. I mean, I yeah, think he, I he, yeah, he, he was, was killing yeah. maybe harder than I've ever killed before. I don't know. So, so let let me ask you this: We had Dan Aykroyd on uh, this was several years ago. I think it was when he was first pitching his his uh, vodka drink, and he came on. And we started talking about the difference between American comedians and Canadian comedians. Oh, and wow! He said. He lived close to the border. I forget exactly where. So he got all the American television and he could see Saturday Night Live or whatever was hot then, Tonight Show and all. And, uh, you know, I, I think American comics are more acerbic than uh, Canadian comics. At least that's what he said. So he said, it was just a nice combination for me. I wasn't real, real harsh like a comedian perhaps coming out of Boston or New York. But yeah. I still know knew the edge part of it. You were brought up in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, how did that contribute to your style as opposed to a, a kid that was brought up, you know, in New York City? Like name one comedian after another who came out of there. Yeah, man, that's a really um, great question. I don't know if I'm equipped to answer it because I don't I don't know. Exa- I'm sure my mother was a, a writer. She was a, uh-huh. a wrote a column in a newspaper. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with my sense of humor. Um, I think I can just tell you more from like later on how the regions shaped my life. Cause I I did live live in New York city for uh, four years and I lived in LA for four years, but that, that, that New York experience, it, it it really sharpens you up. Like I felt like, okay, you got to write short jokes and they need to be hard hitting and there needs to be no fat because you're going up after like Kevin Hart or somebody, you know, and yeah, you're, yeah, or, of course. or 80,000, you know, you know, 80 guys that you've never heard of that are very, very good. So, mm-hmm. um, and it, it sharpened me up, especially for doing like late night sets and stuff like that. I think I became a better mm-hmm. joke writer, but when I moved back to St. Louis and was working on the road all the time, I was like, you know, I, I, I think I'm better at writing jokes, but I miss a little bit of the silliness and some of the characters that I used to do when I first mm-hmm. started doing stand up, And I, I kind of tried to mix the two up and, and have, have a little more fun with it. So I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, no, it does. What, yeah. what, what, what venue uh, were you booked into somewhere along the ascension of your career that really got your attention where you said to yourself, Hmm, this is this is a big deal. I'm here. I mean, I, I did get to do a, uh, a few shows at the Comedy Cellar in New York, mm-hmm. which is the best comedy club in the world by far. You know, you just have great comedians one after another there. I think some of the TV appearances were were when I really started. I got to do a Comedy Central special, I think, in 2009, like my own half, right. half hour special. At that point, I felt like, OK, maybe I shouldn't be selling peanut butter. <laughs> maybe this is, maybe it was the right decision. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. a big deal. Right. Yeah. And you know, those late night things, I got to do Seth Meyers when I was living in New York, right around Christmas time. So it's rock center and everybody's in the ice skating rink and you're pulling up in a limo to get out and do NBC. Yeah. It's, it, I felt like, Oh man, I'm, I'm the man. Funny yeah. thing about that is like, I felt when you're doing the late night set in New York, yeah you're kind of the king for a couple of days. Cause you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going on national TV and it's a five minute late night set. And, and they, right. the club sort of let you just go up and practice your set. You just go walk into a club and be like, Hey, I got a late night set. Can I practice? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I was doing this show and I did that at Gotham comedy club, which is a great comedy club. And I was like, I'm the man, I'm the man doing mm-hmm. Seth Meyers. And I was about to go on and they tapped me on the shoulder. Like, Hey, um, you're going to have to wait to go up. 
And, uh, you know, I said, sure. But I was thinking, what do, what do you mean? I got to wait. I'm the man. I'm the man. Then they go, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Seinfeld. And I was like, okay, <gasps> I understand. Whoa! <laughs> oh, are you kidding? On the same show? On the same yeah. show? <laughs> I was like, okay, I understand what you're doing. Here. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. I, I have to ask you this question, uh, especially after uh, hearing that Seinfeld went on just before you. I was reading about um, history of comics in the United States, and I forget who the guy was, but he was booked on to the Ed Sullivan show back in the area where the Beatles were on. You know, every wow. everybody in the country watched the Ed Sullivan show. And this guy is booked on for the first time. And he said, about 15 minutes before he actually went on, he just threw up backstage because what? he was just so out of his mind nervous that this, if he bombed, that would be it. And right. I mean, it, it's just everybody that he knew would be watching. Is there a, a less intense but still sort of um, feeling like that when you go on a late night TV show Guys, I, uh, earlier I in threw your up. career? I threw up three times before this interview. I mean, I, this is this is make or break. Yeah, right for here, a guys. different reason, though. I Bob, think. I thought he was going to say that being on this show was that was that highlight that you were talking about. <laughs> is is there is there uh, more um, of a, of a nervous worry going on one of those shows than you know? Yeah, doing man. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, I definitely had it. The, the the first TV set I ever did was for Comedy Central, a show called Premium Blend. And I remember just feeling so like, like out of the world, nervous. It's different because you, mm -hmm. you think, oh, I've done comedy for several years now. I know what I'm doing. But it, yeah. the feel of it is different because one of the things that threw me at first is the um, – you see the entire audience, you know, in a comedy club, it's dark in the audience, but the, the, the audience is lit and there's a giant camera between you and the audience. And you just have a hard time getting that out of your mind. Yeah. Um, I bet. I bet. What I've learned is just forget Try to forget everybody, everything that's going on and just focus on, okay, there's people in front of me and I yeah. need to make them laugh. And if I make a mistake, human beings make mistakes and human beings are infinitely more interesting than robots. You know, like robots, nobody yeah. wants to see somebody just spit that's jokes so out. Well put. That is so <laughs> in, the, in the era of AI, that that's something that needs to get out there. You're exactly right. Bob, you say that's well put. And I, I, I thank you for that. But um, we, I can show you about five or six TV sets from, the early 2000s where you're like, oh, this robot didn't get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. we're super, we're super psyched for your new special, The Salesman, which was directed by Nate Bargatze. And we featured him on the show, too. Another comedy Oh, he's legend. great. Yeah. Did you guys have so much fun just working together on this? Oh, yeah, yeah man. It was it, Nate's such a good guy. And he's he's really you know, he, he is having wild success and he just got this idea. It was like, okay, I want to make three comedy specials that would appeal to my audience, which is basically something that you could watch with your family. Uh, mm -hmm. The families can watch together. So that, that was his sort of caveat. And uh, luck, lucky enough, we sort of came together on that. And uh, yeah, he was, he was great. I, I'm trying to think one of the things <laughs> we shot, we shot it in Lexington, Kentucky and, uh, mm -hmm. between shows or something like I had to, the show ended 
and uh, I had to go to the bathroom and then they wanted me back on stage to get some shots or some pickup shots or something. So I was like, I, I ran out of the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I come back and um, literally I was gone for 40 seconds and Nate's on stage talking to the audience and I come back up and I didn't realize, I, I guess when I was washing my hands, I had water all over my shirt and Nate's just like, man, you were gone for 40 seconds and you have water all that we have to dry out. He was just, what, what is wrong with you? He was so disappointed in me. <laughs> uh, well, you can watch the salesman right now streaming for free on YouTube. You can hit Greg's website, Greg He's on Facebook as Greg Warren Comedy, and you can follow him on Twitter at Greg Warren so that you can get his tour dates. He's moving around the country, and do not miss The Salesman on YouTube. Greg, it is so much fun to talk to you. Thank you for jumping man, on guys, today's podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. I've, I've, You're uh, terrific. Thank you. I wanted to do this show for a long time, honestly, and I, I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank well, you. Well, we're honored. Thank you. Well, and we're good big luck fans. With this special. We're big fans. Yeah. And again, on behalf of choosy mothers everywhere, thank you <laughs> for your service, sir. <laughs> Thanks, we'll guys. We'll see you next Thanks time. We'll Take see care. you next time Appreciate it. on the Oddcast. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.